We're glad that you're here this morning. How many of you want to hear the word of God? Ain't that why we're here? Sister, it's preaching time. Uh, Sister Natalie, thank you for that. My only question is, are you one of the sheep? That's the question. Heard a lot of folks think that they're part of his sheep, but he doesn't know them. Not that he doesn't want to know them, because that's why he come to earth to die on the cross. But folks, instead of placing their faith in him, they've placed their faith in works or other things. So if you're here today and you don't know the Savior, my prayer for you today is today will be the day. Because I know you've heard it all your life. But listen to me this morning. Jesus is coming back. And if you're not prepared and you're left to go through the tribulation, I would not want to be in your shoes for all the money that this world has to offer. Understand, we think we've seen some things here, and we have, and things are getting worse. But when the tribulation begins, after the church is raptured out of here and the tribulation starts, you ain't seen nothing like you're going to see. So with that said, I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus this morning, call upon him and be saved. Go to uh, Matthew 24 for just a few verses and then we'll go to my text. But go to Matthew 24. How many of you believe the rapture is going to take place? Amen. Definitely. Thank you, Sister Coco, because that's right. Definitely. It's going to take place. Good to see you all this morning, Sister. Uh, How many of you are ready for the rapture? How many of you know when the rapture is going to take place? I was just trying to trick you a little bit. It is going to take place. I can't give you a day or an hour or, or a time. But he says when you see these things, know it's at the door. Now, I don't know about you, but it's close because of the things we're seeing. But there's still people that need to be saved. And because God is so merciful and loving, he's still giving men and women, boys and girls, the opportunity to be saved. So is everybody in Matthew 24, let's begin reading in verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Let's pray. Father, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to stand and share your holy word. I thank you for this privilege and this honor, and I just pray you'll give me the words to say that I might present Christ, and Lord, I might preach with boldness and authority. Lord, I pray you'll take your words, Lord, and speak to hearts this morning that I stand before. I know, Lord, your word 
tells us that your word never returns void. It reaches its intended purposes. So, Lord, if there's one amongst us here that's not saved, please, Heavenly Father, may your Holy Spirit convict and draw them to the Savior before it's too late. Lord, be the prayer requests that have been written, those that have been spoken. Just, Lord, may your blessed will be done with each one. And, Lord, I ask that uh, you bless each one for being here today. Again, Lord, those that weren't able to be with us, you know the hindrances. If they're sick, please restore them to their health. If they're out of town, give them traveling grace and mercy and bring them back to us. We lift up this country, lift up our military and their families. And, Lord, most of all, we lift up our churches and our missions, pastors, and the missionaries that minister. And above all, we lift up our Lord and Savior, your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we ask these things this morning. Amen and amen. Please be seated. The question that was asked by the disciples was, when is this whole world going to end? When will there be no more? And beloved, that's what a lot of people are asking today. When is the Lord going to return? And what's it going to be like? Well, for us, it's going to be gravy. And what I mean by that is the church When Jesus comes back in the rapture, we are going to be taken out of this old sin-sick world. And we are going to meet him in the clouds. And we are going to spend eternity with him forever. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go now. How about you? Amen. Now, I understand. We're still here because it's still needful that we be here. You say, well, you're a preacher, and I'm sure the Lord wants you to preach the Word of God to the lost. But listen to me, those of you sitting in the pews, you're here also because it's needful, because there is a whole world that's lost, dying, and going to bust hell wide open if we don't share the gospel. Amen. It's just not the preacher's responsibility. But understand Those of us in Christ are looking forward to the rapture. And again, it's going to take place. There's an appointed time. One of these days soon, the Father's going to say it's time. And Jesus is going to come in the clouds. And according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, what's going to happen first? The dead in Christ are going to rise. And then we which are alive and remain will be called up to meet Him In the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That ought to excite you and light you shucks. But after the rapture, the tribulation is going to take place. Now, tribulation is seven years. You say, well, Brother John, why is there a tribulation? Well, I believe that there's two reasons for the tribulation. The first one is for God to judge the Gentile nations. And when I say that, I mean the Lord is going to judge those ever since Adam and Eve that have never responded to Jesus Christ as their Savior and accepted the gospel. That's one of the reasons. But the other reason for the tribulation 
is because the Lord is going to deal with the nation of Israel. Turn your Bibles to Zechariah real quick. Zechariah 13. By the way, that's in the Old Testament. And it's the book right before Malachi. Zechariah chapter 13. Zechariah chapter 13. Look at verse 8 and 9. The word of God declares, And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. And they shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people And they shall say, the Lord is my God. Understand, the reason the tribulation is taking place is one, to judge the Gentile nations, those that have refused the gospel in Christ as their Savior, and two, the Jews. Why? Because they rejected God's Son as the Messiah and also took part in His death on the cross. So, that's why there's going to be a tribulation. Now, for the sake of time, I can't go through all the trumpet judgments and the vile or bold judgments because it would take us a while. That might be for a Wednesday night Bible study or even a Sunday night. But understand the things that are going to happen during the tribulation if you are left behind I feel sorry for you. And you have no one to blame but yourself. You have heard the gospel. You have heard people come and share it with you. And you've had the opportunity to come to God's house and hear the truth spread amongst you. But you sit there and you say, no, I'll just put it off. Some of you even have known enough of the word through either your grandparents or maybe even sitting under sound preaching and the gospel being taught that you have it in your head that you know what? I'll just wait till the tribulation to get saved. But here's the problem with that. Now there will be souls saved during the tribulation. Understand that. There will be because first of all, the Lord with his grace and mercy are going to send out 144,000 Jewish evangelists or preachers, if you will, to share the gospel. They are going to be marked. The Antichrist and the beast or the false prophet cannot kill them. And they'll go throughout the world proclaiming the gospel and there will be some saved. There will also, according to the word of God, be two witnesses that will preach in Jerusalem. And they will preach, and then after a while, the Antichrist will have them killed. And the Bible says that they will lay in the streets for three days. And then up they go. You say, preacher, who are those witnesses? Well, there's a lot of speculation. No one really knows. 
I've been told and I've read some where some think that it could be Elijah. Some also think it could be Moses. We don't know for a fact, but this I do know. The word of God tells me God's going to send two more two witnesses into the world during the tribulation. And I just take it by faith. He knows what he's doing and I believe it. So do you see even during the tribulation, even during that time when it is going to be as bad as it's ever been on this earth, the world has ever seen, God in his grace and mercy is still extending an invitation for people to be saved. You say, well, I'm going to be one of them. Well, here's the problem with that. First of all, during the tribulation, the word of God tells us that half of the population of the world is going to die. Some by disease, some by starvation, some by all kinds of things, wars and all of that. Who's to say you're going to be living during that time? Maybe you're one of the half of the population that dies during the tribulation and you don't have an opportunity. You say, well, what are you saying? I'm saying you better come to Jesus before then. And I would recommend, as the word of God declares, Brother Ciro, now's the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Amen. Amen. You don't put it off. Now, Let's go. Second Timothy. Chapter three. And when you get there, just hold your finger there. Because we'll come right back to this. But go to Romans one real quick. I want to share something with you. God. Romans chapter one. Romans chapter 1. Still here a few pages, so I'll give you a second. Romans 1 and verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who behold the truth and unrighteousness. Because that which may, may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. You say, why the tribulation? Well, the tribulation is God's judgment and his wrath poured out on these very ones that God is talking about, those that are unrighteous, that want nothing to do with the truth and God's salvation. And some will say, well, you know, it's not fair. There's some folks that have never been to church. They've never heard the gospel. I'm going to argue a little bit with you. And I don't argue the Bible much. But I will tell you, the word of God declares, no, 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 no. He has shown you. He's shown you that he's real, that he is God through creation. And right from wrong. You see, we're all born with a conscience. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, a lot of us pay the conscience no mind. 
but one day you will. You see, when you stand before God at the great white throne as an unsaved person, every time you had an opportunity, that's going to come right back to your old mind. Oh, I should have gave my heart to Jesus when I was there at church on Mother's Day with mom and grandmother. But you didn't. But you didn't. Now I want to share a few things with you in 2 Timothy chapter 3 to show you that we're close to this time. Again, if you're saved, praise the Lord. We don't have to worry. We won't spend one second here during the tribulation. That's why I'm not afraid because I know where I'm going. Because the word of God has told me God's word is true. I won't be one second here. But you know what bothers me? You know what I'm sad about? I have got lost family members. I've got lost friends and acquaintances. I've got lost neighbors live in my neighborhood. They're not saved. And that's why, while we're here, we better do our best to warn them of what's coming. What's coming. Second Timothy chapter 3. Notice what the Word of God declares. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Did you get last days? You say, preacher, I hear that mentioned all the time. We're in the last days. Absolutely. You say, yeah, but they've been saying that. Preacher, my grandfather was a preacher. My great uncle was a preacher before him. And they've been saying that all along. But yeah, they have been. But guess what? The reason we're in the last days is because we're even that much closer. It's still the last days. And he tells us how we can know We're in the last days. According to Timothy here, notice what it says. Perilous times shall come. Let me ask you a question. The times we're living in, would you consider them perilous? Why? The world is in chaos. The world has went crazy. Crazies have come out of the woodwork. There are people out there that declared that they're God. They're the Messiah. Well, the word of God, Jesus warns us over in Matthew 24. That lo, if any man say he's Christ and he's over here, don't go there. Why? Because he says there will be false prophets and those that will declare themselves to be the Messiah when they're not. How many of you remember David Koresh? How many of you remember Jim Jones? How many of you remember Sun Young Moon? They all declared themselves to be the Messiah. Hooey fooey. So yeah, we're in perilous times. And he says, in the last days, these are the things to look for. For men shall be lovers of their own 
self. You think there's some selfishness out there? You think there's folks out there that only care about me and I? You bet that's out there today. That's a sign of the times. That's a sign of the last days. Notice what else it says. Covetous. All people seem to care about is money and material gain. That's all they care about. It's bad enough they only care for themselves. But the one thing that they do want is money and material goods. Well, folks, it's all around us. This is what drives me crazy. Because people love money more than they love God, they're so concerned today about their 401 and their retirement and all that. And I'm not saying that, you know, those aren't good things, but when you make it a point for those things to be your God, then you've got issues. And there's a lot of folks out there, oh, I'm losing money, I'm losing money. Well, did you ever stop to think maybe you're losing money because that's your God and not the true and living Savior, Jesus Christ? Maybe if you put your money into things of God, you might get something back. Amen? And no, I'm not one of those Prosperity preachers. Those guys are going to answer for their stupidity one day. I may have to answer for a lot of things, but it won't be for preaching that nonsense. Amen? Notice what else it says. Boasters. How many of you like braggarts? Y'all ever been around braggarts? Growing up? I've seen my share of braggarts. All they care, care about is telling you just how good they are and what all they've accomplished. You know what I've accomplished in life? There's only one good thing I ever accomplished besides being married to my wife. I had to put that in because she was giving me the evil eye. I'm, you know, I'm country and I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I am smarter than that. But no. There's only one thing that I've ever accomplished that is of greatness and notoriety. And that is, I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That is my greatest accomplishment in life. And if you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus this morning, that is your greatest accomplishment. Amen. But we're going to have folks out there that are going to boast on all of their accomplishments. Again, another sign of the times. And then proud. There's folks out there that literally think they are better than others. They are above others. You ever met people like that? I'll be the first to tell you. The Bible tells me I'm to pray for them. But boy, it sure is hard to be around them.
Brother Terry can attest. We go to the ABA messenger meeting. I'm going to get in trouble. They're going to hear this on sermon audio, and I'll probably get some calls. But we got some preachers up there that literally think they are the best of the best. They are so much above them old country preachers that never spent one day in seminary. Because they have their doctorate, they have that piece of paper on the wall, they think they're better. Can I tell you something? It's a piece of paper. I've got one, but it's a piece of paper. I'd rather have my born-again degree than any Bachelor of Arts degree. Amen? And I'm thankful again. It's all about Jesus, y'all. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. You better know him because things are fixing to turn off bad. So, proud. Notice what else? Blasphemers. They speak evil of God. They speak evil of us Christians. They speak evil of the Word of God. They speak evil. There's a lot of blasphemers out there. And I won't be popular. And again, I may end up in jail for what I'm about to say. But this country, which I love, and I would lay down my life for this country, this country that I love blasphemes God continually. Those that are over us hate God. And they're trying their best to stamp Him out. And we as believers, whether you're willing to do it or not, we have to stand. If we just sit back and let them, they're going to take God completely out of the picture and His church. Now that ain't popular. And again, Big Brother wouldn't like what I just said. But I said it. And I mean it, church, I encourage you, stand your ground. Stand for the faith. You say, but they might put me in jail. So be it. They might kill me. Why would you be scared of heaven? But I'll be separated from my family. Oh, no, 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 no. There's going to be a family reunion. And while we're in heaven, I believe this with all my heart. Yeah, I'll use my father as an example. My dad has been gone since February 25th, 1981. You say, oh my goodness, that's 41 years. It is. But listen to me, one day when I am reunited, the rapture takes place or I close my eyes in death and I wake up in the presence of the Lord and my father... It will be as if we were separated not a single day. Understand that. that, That's where the grace of God comes in. The mercy of God. He's good, isn't he? Notice. Disobedient to parents. All right. You want me to preach on that, huh? I want you young people to look at me for a second. The Bible tells us 
if we don't honor our mothers and our fathers, that we are shortening our life here upon the earth. So you want to obey your parents. But listen to me. The way parents are treated nowadays is disgusting and God, he ain't going to take it lightly. Understand. We think, well, our parents are getting too old, so we need to put them in a home. And we put them in a home and we don't go and visit with them and we stay away. I'll get in trouble. There are nursing homes. And nursing homes, I'm going to get in trouble. Nursing homes is an oxymoron. And the reason it's an oxymoron is because we think, well, we put them in there so they'll be cared for. They'll get their medicine. They'll get fed. They'll get bathed. But what they really are is a place to get rid of our loved ones. And we put them in that place because they're just a waiting place to die. You say, I don't like that. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. So you kids that have a mom and dad, you take care of them. In fact, the Bible tells us to. Well, my dad's gone. All I got to my mom. Well, then, you know what? According to the Bible, she's got to be taken care of by you kids. She's not the responsibility of the government. She's not the responsibility of the church unless she is a widow indeed. You say, what's a widow indeed? Those that don't have children then the church is supposed to take care of her. Told you this is going to get me in trouble. And y'all just egg me on. Unthankful. Hmm. How many ungracious people have you met here lately? Care less. Things that God has given them. There's a lot of that out there. You understand that the very breath that we're breathing this morning is because of the grace of God. It's a gift that you and I have life. It's a gift. And there's people that are ungrateful. People are ungrateful because they think their home isn't big enough. People are ungrateful because they think because they got to eat beans and taters and cornbread, it's not good enough. Where's my steak? Where's my lobster? Unthankful. Listen, if you're on this side of the dirt, you got a lot to be thankful for. If God has given you a house and roof over your head, and God has given you clothes on your back, and God has put something in your belly, you shouldn't bellyache and complain. You should be thankful and grateful for His blessings. Amen. And then it says, Unholy. My, 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 my. Wicked. There's a lot of wickedness out there. And I can't think of our nation, and I'm talking about America, which I love. 
And I'm proud to call myself an American. And again, if I needed to defend America, I'd be the first one in line to sign up. But our nation is unholy. We killed how many millions of babies since 1973? We Allow perversion to go on in this country. But I'm free. You're not free when it comes to the word of God and the laws of God. You're not free to do what you please. But we are an unholy nation. You wonder why we're in the shape we're in? Think about it. You wonder why? We have all of these diseases now, stuff we'd never heard of. Monkeypox now. We've already had COVID, now we got monkeypox coming down the pike. God's trying to wake America up, and yet America has her head buried in the sand because they'd rather have things and possessions than they'd rather have the Lord Jesus Christ. Sad, sad, without natural affection. Breakdown of the home, folk. That's what it boils down to. You see, we have decided that it's okay that a man can marry a man. We've decided it's okay that a woman can marry a woman. And we're trying from the time our kids are little and they start school to brainwash them into thinking it's fine to be that way. We're trying to brainwash our kids into thinking that, you know what? Yes, you were born a male, but if you feel like a female, we're just going to make sure that you're told you're a female. And if you need an operation, we'll take care of that for you. Are you kidding? Listen, the devil wants to destroy the home. And he wants to destroy marriage. Folks, that's a sacred institution ordained of God. And that institution of matrimony is only to be between a man and a woman and nothing else. No, it's okay according to society. Well, one day society's going to stand before God without natural affection. Truce breakers. Hostility toward one another. Look at what's going on in the world today. Jesus said there'd be wars and rumors of wars. Well, Russia has attacked Ukraine. China is threatening to attack us. Russia and Iran are buddies now. They're trading weapons. And by the way, that's also part of the Word of God being fulfilled See, they're going to come against Israel. But don't worry. (laughs) 
God is going to look after his own. You would think that the world would learn, uh, we better leave Israel alone. Because we can't defeat Israel. They are God's chosen. Study history. Study the Six-Day War. Listen, if ever was a time they were going to be wiped off the map, it would have been then, but guess what? God had a different idea, didn't he? Bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. Notice, false accusers, slanderers, slanderers out there, not only to people, but to the Word of God. See, there's folks out there that will tell you that you can be saved any old way. Wrong. That's slander. You see, they'll, they'll say, no, there's got to be more ways to go to heaven. There's only one way according to Jesus, and he is that one way. There ain't no others. But they'll slander Jesus. Oh, no, no. Jesus was here, but if he was a man, and you know he wasn't perfect. Well, that's slander. He was perfect. If he wasn't perfect, he couldn't have died for our sins because he was the perfect sacrifice. Incontinent. One who lives without self-control. You don't believe there are people out there that are incontinent. Go down on the strip and watch some folks. You'll see them staggering up and down the street. No self-control over alcohol. You'll see some laying up against the building because they're so high on dope that they don't even know if they're in the world or not. No self-control. You see, it's what it's going to be like in the last days. Fierce means to be savage and untamed. See, look at the world. They turn on the news person can be standing at an ATM somebody walk up behind them and just floor them for no reason in fact they showed a video on the news I think it was last week or the week before where a guy was standing at a corner waiting for the light to change to go across and some guy walked up behind him and just waylaid him gave him a concussion put him in the hospital That's fierceness. That's where we're at today. Notice what it says. Despisers of those that are good. (laughs) You see? Yeah. There are those out there that are opposed to godliness and goodness. They hate it. You say, well, why would they hate being good? Why would they hate godliness? It's real easy because when they're around those that are saved and are living for the Lord Jesus Christ, they get under conviction. Therefore, they despise godliness and goodness. And then 
The Bible says traitors. Yeah. No loyalty whatsoever except to self. And then the Bible says heady, rash recklessness. You see some of that street racing going on? People doing donuts and all and whatnot. Listen, what they don't think about is what about people standing around? What about that poor person driving down trying to get home? That's heady. That's reckless. And then, of course, high-minded. Puffed up. Filled with deceit. A high opinion of oneself. That's what high-minded means. And then, of course, we've heard this. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. You see that every day here. Drive down the street by a casino and you see people going in. Thinking, this is going to be my day. I will pull the handle and I will be able to retire. Wrong. You see people going to the sports book. So-and-so is going to make the Super Bowl. And I'm going to bet this much and I'm going to get back that much. Gambling, it's a pleasure to some. Well, what they fail to realize, no, it is an addiction and a bondage. Just like alcohol, just like drugs, just like pornography, just like anything. But men are lovers of pleasure more than they are. Lovers of God. You say, you can't prove that. You want to bet? I'll tell you what. When the football season kicks off, it'll kick off on a Sunday. See how many are at the stadium and then see how many are in the house of God. I've proved my point. Real quick. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. You see, the Word of God is warning us, telling us the shape the world is going to be in before, one, the church is taken up in the rapture. And then the Antichrist will come in on the scene. And the tribulation will begin. But we have folks out there that claim they're believers, claim they are saved, but yet they have no desire to be in the house of God on Sunday. We have people out there that claim they are born again, yet they see nothing wrong with abortion. We have folks that claim to be believers and yet believe, oh, it doesn't matter who you love as long as you love. See, it's just like Timothy said. 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I'm going to close with this. The Lord's coming. Are you going? You see, if you're saved, we don't have to worry about the tribulation. And just let me add, this week, for your Bible study, study Matthew 24. Study that whole chapter and take your time. Get your strongs down and study it. Because Jesus, just as the disciples ask, what's it going to be like in the world? When is it coming? He shared with them there in 24 what's going to take place. So do that. But again, if you're here under the sound of my voice this morning and you've yet to receive Christ as your personal Savior, I urge you to come. You don't want to put it off. You don't want to wait because you don't want to go through the tribulation. I assure you. You think we've seen some bad things? We have, but nothing compares to what will take place during the tribulation. And I'm going to tell you the truth. If you don't come to Jesus Christ, repenting of your sin and receiving Him by faith as your Lord and Savior, you're going to go through the tribulation. You're going to be left behind. And the sad thing is, it's your fault. You can only blame yourself. You can't blame me, and you can't blame God. You and you alone have to make the choice. So, are you ready for the rapture? If you're here and you're not, get ready. Because he's coming. He's coming. Stand with me, please. Ah. Father, that's the message. I thank you for your word and your truth. May we take your word to our hearts and apply it to our lives. And Father, just give us boldness as your children to go out these doors and to warn people of what's to come. Lord, we know you're coming back for your church. You've promised to deliver us from the wrath to come. But Lord, there's loved ones and acquaintances and neighbors that aren't prepared. Give us boldness and give us the words to say to warn them before it's too late. Lord, if there's one here today needs to be saved, please, Lord, allow your spirit to convince them their need of salvation before it's too late. Dear God, strengthen us as a church to be about your business while we still have time. Help us, Lord, to send out a warning that you're coming and people must be prepared for your return. Bless the invitation. Whosoever will, let them come. 
Take of the water of life freely for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.